This is Floss Weekly. I'm Doc Searles. This Floss Weekly is with Ilan Rabinovich, who started Scale, the Southern California Linux Expo, 20 years ago. This is the 20th one coming up. It's a big deal. There's so much he knows. There's so much experience he's got. There's so many things that he and Catherine Druckmann and I talk about on this show. It's really good, and that is coming up next. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Floss Weekly, episode 717, recorded Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. Scale is still huge. This episode of Floss Weekly is brought to you by ACI Learning. Tech is one industry where opportunities outpace growth, especially in cybersecurity. One third of information security jobs require a cybersecurity certification. To maintain your competitive edge across audit, IT, and cybersecurity readiness, visit go.acilearning.com slash twit. And by FastMail, reclaim your privacy, boost productivity, and make email yours with FastMail. Try it free for 30 days at fastmail.com slash twit. FastMail is also giving Twit listeners a 15% discount on the first year when you sign up today. Hello again, everyone. Good morning, good evening, good whenever it is, wherever you are. I am Doc Searles, and this is Floss Weekly, and I am joined this week by Catherine Druckmann. There she is. She should appear. There she appears in her... In her nice office, I guess. She's like two, loca- you have two locations. You just jump around in the house, right? Do you move the mic or do you just have two mics? I I, I move the mic and that is why I struggle a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, I have I have my road mic and I have my fixed mic. This is my fixed mic, which is in, uh, I and, and it's a new location. You may notice uh, that this is a, uh, in Bloomington, Indiana, in in my latest basement, I moved from another basement in Bloomington for earlier shows to to this one, which is not furnished yet, except with some roll around organizing things that I that I picked up. One at a garage sale, the other at Home Goods. Home Goods is where stuff that's is the shortest distance between any retail and garage sales. I think is Home Goods, <laughs> but, but anyway, but they're handy. They're handy. So so. Our guest uh, today is Ilan Rabinovich, um, and he started Scale, and you're going to Scale. So I think yeah, you're going to Scale. You're going to I scale. am going to Scale, finally, again. <laughs> this is great. So and uh, an interesting thing to me is that I think my oldest emails from him are inviting me to come to Scale, which I have never done, <laughs> and I feel guilty <laughs> about that, mostly because I've always been elsewhere, even though yeah. I – live there. So let, let, let's just jump into it and, um, and welcome you line to the show. Thanks for, hey, hey, Doc, hey, Catherine, thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey. So, so, um, so, so I, so you're, you're no longer in Southern California, right? You're now been exiled to New York. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, I mean, scale for those of you that aren't familiar with scale, it's, um, it's, you know, it's a open source conference that's held in, in the Los Angeles area every year. A bunch of us started it when we were college kids. Uh, we just wanted we wanted tech. We wanted to see our you know our favorite open source developers, and we thought if we start a conference, they'll have to show up. Um, <laughs> it's not as easy as that, but it did you know 
Uh, it turns out if you invite somebody for 20 years, they, they might show up or they might just always <laughs> schedule. They might, well, somebody, or, or like Doc, they'll always schedule a family reunion or something that's oh, same there's weekend always in another something. state. There's always um, something. But, so, but yeah, uh, yeah, so a lot of us have moved away from the L.A. area, though. Like uh, we, we still have a core group of organizers in L.A., but it turns out, you know, when you don't always end up living where you were going to school, where we went to college, <laughs> you end up moving around the world. And so as our as we, we have uh, we have folks coming in from Europe that are still, you know, still core planners. They just they still love the show. They still want to be involved. Some of our organizers live in Canada and New York, NorCal, all over the place. And so, um, you know, it's still. It's still a Southern California show, but a lot of our organizers have 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 sort of spread around the world. So, so what what school were you going to when you started Scale? Uh, I was a freshman at UCSB. Oh, really? Uh, you were all you yeah. were even farther out from LA than I was. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> wow. I, I mean, I I grew up so I grew up in Los Angeles proper, like San Fernando Valley, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, yeah, went to school at UCSB, and that's. Um, uh, and that that's that that's around the year. I think freshman year was the year we said like let's a bunch of us at UCLA, UCSB, CSUN, uh, a bunch of the local logs yeah. are like let's start a show. And that's that's where that's where scale came from. So and twenty years later, I'm I'm still doing it. <laughs> so, right. I, I love UCSB. I still have an affiliation there. I still have a, a fellowship with a center at UCSB, which I'm neglecting. I feel bad about it, but um, so so I'd, I'd like to know kind of what is the arc it's probably not an arc it's more like a an ascent of scale over time um uh, i've had a similar experience with iw up in northern california which started as a small thing it just got to be a bigger and bigger and bigger thing yeah. it seems to me scale has just kind of steadily grown am i wrong about that yeah i, I think that's i think that's true I, we, I mean we started so before scale there was an event called the lug fests that um that were in an la area and that was um Basically, back in the day when Linux user groups were the way that you got really engaged with the open source community, we had, um, you know, LA probably had something like 20 different Linux user groups. And LA is a very, um, it's a very, very broad city, you know, going from point to point, you know, it can take you forever, especially once you throw traffic in. So, you know, on any given night, there any given night of the week, there was probably a lug meeting, if not two. Uh, but different people went to different areas. We were all friends, but if you went to, I don't know, the LAX lug, you're not going to the Simi Conejo Valley lug or whatever it might be. And so uh, for scale, uh, we wanted to, uh, you know, for, for, so we put together this lug fest, which is basically like our annual reunion or barbecue for all of the, you know, all of the folks in the lug area. And we lost our venue for that. And so uh, then scale popped up. And I think the first scale had maybe 200 attendees. We were at USC. It all fit in one room. Um uh, it was a great, uh, it was a lot of fun. And everybody said, you'll be, you'll be twice the size next year. And we actually turned out to be about twice the size the next year. So we started, that's when we started adding this uh, X piece after it. So it's like scale 20. We're not actually, I don't know that we're 20 times the, you know, the mm-hmm. 200 we had back in, in 2001, but 2001, 2002, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, it's just grown a little bit every year. Uh, and we've sort of followed the rise, I would say of the open source and Linux, uh, you know, Linux world as a whole, as uh, as that grew, there's more interest, more people want to come out. We've also expanded our scope, so you know we're not just we don't just cover Linux anymore. We have some, you know, some of our members have 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 gone. Some of our organizing team have gone on to build you know build great careers in the security space, and so security is really interesting to them. So they've created a bunch of tracks around security topics. There's other folks that are interested in you know in and, and DevOps or cloud or systems management or whatever it might be. And so we've expanded from 
you know, just a you know conference only about Linux, which is a, a small, you know, small portion, a small but very important portion of how we run run all of our infrastructure today, to covering a whole bunch of other topics. Um, so, I mean, even this time we've been, I mean, we've, the last couple of years we've, we've done B, free BSD trainings and workshops as well from from the FreeBSD Foundation, as an example. That's not Linux, but it is it is it is still within the, I think our our mission of tr- of teaching people about open source and about um, uh, you know. And, and do, doing it in a way that's really accessible. So, um, I, I, I want to go back on the lugs for a second because I hadn't yeah. thought about them, and but they were a really big thing back in the '90s and the early aughts. And um, uh, uh, Santa Barbara had a lug. Um, yeah. I went to that a few times, and um, and they kind of I don't know if they vanished, but they certainly went. They they're kind of like, it's sort of like the same the same history as blogs had in a way. Blogs were huge. Yeah. My blog was huge at one time. I still have it. It's still around, but, and they're kind of like a, a corporate requirement sort of, I mean, that's sort of the sad thing about it is co- companies yeah. have blogs because just because they need a place to, to put their press releases. But yeah. um, what are, are lugs still a thing in some ways or, or is it just an expired idea that was cool at the time, but you know, I'm not I, sure. I think- yeah, yeah I, I think, yeah, I, I, there are lugs that are still around. The majority of the LA lugs are gone. Um, you know, if there's something around from them still, it's their, it's their mailing list and people's or their IRC channels or, you know, or some other, some other mechanism yeah. for maintaining the social connection. Um, I, I don't, my, my sense is that lugs were a, a necessity at one point because it was hard to find other people that were interested in open source and Linux. Uh, it was a necessity because it was hard to use open source and Linux. Uh, I, you know, I remember yeah. failing many, many a times at my first Slackware install and, and, and having to, you know, go out to the <laughs> Simicanejo Valley lug and get help, help from somebody to help figure out what was going on. And sometimes it wasn't your fault. Sometimes it was just, we didn't support that graphics card or that chipset or whatever it might be. Um, but I, I think as that became easier and as it just became the default that everybody around you is using Linux and open source software, um, you know, getting together one, you know, one day a month or one day a week to go talk about, you know, to go talk about Linux specifically was like, well, I do that every day. Uh, and so what, what's left over is the social aspect. And so, um, you know, a lot of my closest friends are people that I met at Linux user group meetings or Linux, you know, Linux conferences over, over the years. Um, but it's just not, I, I don't know. If, I think it's just a change in, in what we needed as a community. Um, meet, meetups are still a thing, but they end up covering like a very specific topic on something that's hard today that wasn't that, you know, that maybe didn't exist when we had lugs. Um, so you, yeah, that's my, I don't know. That's my take. It's not, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm curious what you all are seeing. I I haven't been to a user group meeting of any sort in so long. I can't even, I have no <laughs> idea what's out there. I used to, I used to organize a local Drupal user group meeting actually years ago. And uh, that actually kind of leads me to what I wanted to ask you about. So what 12 years ago now, I took the lead yeah. on organizing a Drupal event. Um, I had a tiny bit of participation in w- the very earliest, I think, uh, uh, Texas Linux. Is it called Texas yeah. Linux? Yeah. Um, but but the lead I, I, I took on the Drupal event. Events are a lot of work, tremendous amount of work, uh, kind of mind boggling if you've never done it. Um, yeah. I wanted. How have you been doing it this long? What are your secrets? How do you how do you manage your time? How do you balance everything? Yeah. Balance to get this done um 
It's the so 20th it, this year, right? Yeah, yeah, 20 years. Yeah, it's I think 21 years since we started, but 20 it's the 20th scale. We had to skip one in the middle because of, of it turns out running getting 3000 people together during a pandemic is not is usually frowned upon by 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 city officials, but um <laughs> but yeah, so we yeah, I in terms of that, I mean, I think one thing is uh I have uh, a very understanding life and a very very always had very understanding employers, so I think that's the most important part is that I've had support in the, in that in, in that way. Um, uh, they've always, uh, you know, whether it was Datadog most recently or, or Edmonds or Yala or any other places I've worked over the years, they've always seen this as, um, uh, see, they, they've always let me make my work on scale be, you know, part of my, part of my day-to-day work at the company, which is, which is great. Um, uh, the other thing is, um, you know, there's, we have a large team. Like, I wish I could say, you know, I, I'm on here on the show and you get to see my face and, and, and my, my bio, but the, the reality or, or hear my voice, if you're, if you're listening to the podcast. But the reality is there's probably, you know, probably 100 people on any given year that are helping make scale be what it is. Uh, and so like anything in the open source community, many hands make for, for light work. Um, I think the, um, you know, the, the, the biggest challenge, I would say, is like with any volunteer sort of community project is just it's a lot of herding of cats. And so uh, people sign up to do something and they'll be able to put in. Uh, they'll they'll get to twenty percent of it, and then you know work or life comes in the way, and then you'll have to you you know somebody else jumps in and does the next twenty percent, and it continues from there. So, uh, but yeah, it's um, there's been years when it's tiring and there's some burnout, and there's years that but then scale happens and we all just get re-energized by it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is around the time where uh, a lot of my organizers, a lot of my co-organizers will will make fun of me because at some you know they'll, we'll be talking about something and I'll say, well, if we do this again next year. And 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 they're like you've been saying if we do this again next year for twenty <laughs> years, uh, we're like what, what, what makes you think what makes you doubt it? And I'm like oh, I don't know. This is just the time of year when you know the tiredness sets <laughs> in. But then we'll get together with three thousand people or four three three four thousand people in a couple of weeks, and there'll be all the excitement will be back. So yeah, it is great fun. I can't wait. I'm going yeah. this year. I I actually a sad story. I I booked travel for March of 2020. I was mm. planning to go to that one. I had yeah. been, I, the, the preview, I was at 2019. Um, yeah. In 2020, I had a sinus infection. I didn't actually have COVID, but I, it was at the very beginning, right? It, it still yeah. happened in person. Um, um, and yeah, I had to ca- cancel because I'm like, I will get like physically attacked if I get on a plane coughing the way yeah. that I am right now. So, yeah, anyway. I mean, scale, scale 2020 did happen. Um, the The interesting thing about that one was you know, you're calling all the health departments. We're like, is it okay to get together? Yeah. We hear there's a pandemic thing that might be happening. Nobody really knew what it was at the time. And they're like, it's just the flu. Don't worry. Put out some hand sanitizer. You'll be fine. And then the literally as we finished doing setup the night before the conference, that was when the city of Pasadena and the city of LA said, state of emergency, it's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. don't go out. Uh, <laughs> and we're like, uh, we're already here. This is happening. <laughs> it's too late. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I remember uh, that. Yep. And so it was. It was a fun time, but uh, but a, but but a, a stressful one to, to say the least. That was probably my. You know, when you run, when you run events for this long, there's always adventures, uh, and I think this one, pandemic was one obviously that that was very stressful. The other one was the year uh, we learned the Grammys were scheduled next door to us, oh. and so you look around, they, they they shut off all the streets, and you're like nobody could get to the convention center. <laughs> uh you have to get through the cops uh there were snipers on the roofs of all the buildings around <laughs> us uh wow. and so that was um i think uh the, the, I, i've told the story a few times recently but 
uh, one of our sponsors materials disappeared and I didn't sh- like, we couldn't find it. And they were freaking out looking for the stuff for their booth. And one of our early co-founders who's not with the show anymore, but uh, you know, Gareth had to like, we're the, with the convention center staff, like break into the room where they had the actual Grammy envelopes with like, who, or, or trophies or whatever with who won. And it turns out like that sponsor's box was just sitting next to all of that because that's what happens when you run no. events. <laughs> and so they had sworn us to secrecy, but I figure, I don't know, 18 years later, I can, uh, the NDA maybe has, uh, has uh has has expired so Gareth, yeah. for those who don't know was the last cover model on the last printed copy of linux journal a little trivia yep. for you yeah <laughs> anyone wow. who didn't know that but but yeah so it's um it it's so for us i mean scale really started off as a show for us to talk about a, a, a way for us to put together an event that we enjoyed as a conference and so that's still what we do today is we just all you know all there's probably about 10, 15 core organizers that are doing things year round. There's probably a hundred people once you start to include the people the day of the event. And all of us are just um, just looking to put on an event that we enjoy and that gives back to the next generation of, 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 of um, open source users and developers that uh, we hope will get the same opportunities that we did. So, yeah, that's. Well, well I want to ask a, more about the constituency of who's showing up and so forth. But first, I have to let everybody know that this episode of Floss Weekly is brought to you by ACI Learning. For the last decade, our partners at IT Pro have brought you engaging and entertaining IT training to level up your career or organization. Now, IT Pro is a part of ACI Learning. With IT Pro, ACI Learning is expanding its reach and production capabilities, offering you the content and learning mode you need at any stage in your development. Whether you're at the very beginning of a career or looking to move up in your sector, ACI Learning is here to support your growth, not only in IT, but cybersecurity and audit readiness. One of the most widely recognized beginner certifications is the CompTIA a certification. CompTIA courses with IT Pro from ACI Learning make it easy to go from daydreaming about that career in IT to launching it. Earning certificates opens doors to most entry-level IT positions and supplies potential promotions for those already in the field. Tech is one industry where opportunities outpace growth, especially in cybersecurity. A recent LinkedIn study predicts IT jobs will be the most in-demand roles in 2023, so there's no time to waste. About one-third of information security jobs require a cybersecurity certification, compared to 23% of all IT jobs. While organizations are hungry for cybersecurity talent, the cyber skills gap grows bigger each day. The average salary for cybersecurity specialists is $116,000. ACI Learning's Information Security Analyst and Cybersecurity Specialist programs can get you certified. In 2022, the global cybersecurity workforce gap increased by 26.2% compared to 2021, ACI Learning offers multiple cybersecurity training programs that can prepare you to enter or advance in this exciting industry. The most popular cybersecurity certifications offered are CISSP, EC Council, Certified Ethical Hacker, Certified Network Defender, Cybersecurity Audit School, and Cybersecurity Frameworks. Where and how you learn matters. ACI Learning offers fully customizable training for all types of learners, whether preferred in person, on demand, or remote. Take your learning 
beyond the classroom. Explore what ACI Learning offers with IT Pro, Audit Pro, including Enterprise Solutions webinars and a Skeptical Auditor podcast, Practice Labs, Learning Hubs, and their partnership program. Tech is one industry where opportunities outpace growth, especially in cybersecurity. One-third of information security jobs require a cybersecurity certification to maintain your competitive edge across audit, IT, and cybersecurity readiness. Visit go.acilearning.com slash twit. That's go.acilearning.com slash twit. Don't forget to use our special code TWIT30 to get 30% off a standard or premium individual IT Pro membership. Okay, so Ilan, um, how, how has the constituency changed? I mean, it, we, you started out with lug people who are yeah. pioneers. They're all helping each other. Linux is, is a hermit crab on, on, uh, on Windows laptops and, and, and servers and so forth. Um, and, and actually the cloud hasn't happened yet because, you know, somebody at IBM didn't discover you could put many Linux instances on a 370 or a Z80 or whatever. Yeah. And now that's gigantic. We have containers. Everything is industrialized and it's an, it's yeah. a much more industrial, um, field. So how has the constituency changed the people who are coming to the show? So I think, um, initially a lot of us were students. Um, you know, we were, this, the, the event was happening on a university campus. It was being organized by university students as well as other, as well as lug members from around the area. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of the companies that came out to scale probably saw it, you know, I would guess saw it as a, um, as a, as a recruiting pipeline at the time. Uh, all those students, however, grew up and got jobs and, you know, they're still interested in, in, in open source. They're still interested in open platforms and, in 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 all these technologies. And so, now they've come back. Uh, a lot of them still come back every year, but now they're looking at it from a, not from I want a job perspective or I want to learn how to get you know per, you know get get my career going. Um, although we still offer a lot of that, a, a lot of programs around that. Um, you know, now it's folks that are that are using Linux and open source software uh, every day as part of their jobs. It's folks that want to uh, that are core developers on some of these projects uh, that come in to meet with their communities, and that's. Uh, you know, I think just as the as the community has grown, we've grown up, we have grown up. Uh, and so in terms of topics, um, you know, I think also now we cover a lot that's higher level above. It's not just about Linux the operating system, but about things that you can do with Linux or software that you may build on top of Linux or how to um, how to use it in various uh, various commercial and non-commercial ways. And it's not just about the operating system itself, but rather about things that you that you do with it, which is, you know, it turns out that 20 years later, we're not all looking to tinker with our, with our, you know, with our graphics cards anymore. We actually want to play the video game finally, or we want to write the, you know, write the software on top that uses that GPU for something finally. And it's, it's just, the platform now can do it. We've, we've gotten through all of the hurdles that made it hard to use Linux back in the day. And so now we can talk about getting work done. Um, so, and as far as, you know, as far as this, uh, the, the, the speakers, I mean, this year we've got folks like, uh, Ken Thompson from uh, who, uh, who who created Unix and Go and UTF-8 and a whole bunch of other things we you know we depend on. Uh, giving a keynote, we have Arun Gupta from Intel who's going to talk about um, some of some of his experience and work in building open source communities. Uh, we have um, we have another one that I'll, I don't I don't want to scoop the the PR team. We'll announce it next week, but uh, it's sort of from the from the maker world. Uh, and so this is you know these are I would say. Uh, 
Uh, the other thing that's changed for us is just we can now, you know, 20 years ago, we said if we invite all of our, our all of our open source uh, heroes and legends out, they'll they'll have to come because we have a conference and some of them did. But now now usually we reach out to somebody and we say, hey, would you do would you come give a talk at scale? And the answer is yes. So that, that part's gotten a lot easier because we have people know who we are and what we do. Very cool. As an Intellian, I have to I have to also, I guess, mention uh, plug that Arun will be on Floss Weekly coming up too. I hope maybe oh, nice. he's his <laughs> keynote a little. Keynote that'll be great. Yeah. Uh, so and yeah, so it's um it's just that's I, I would, so that's that's how it's changed in terms of you know we meant, I mentioned earlier that we've got uh you know it used to be people looking to launch their career in order to keep that going one of the things that we've done. Uh, we, we've done regularly, and what we're bringing back this year is, um, is 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 sort of two tracks. One's Open Source Career Day, which is an opportunity for people that want to get their break in using, you know, getting jobs around Linux and open source software. It's a whole day about helping you prep your resume and how to how to do and how to do interviews and sort of how to pitch yourself well and and, and opportunities there. Um, and then for the other end of the spectrum, we have a we have a whole track for kids called uh, Scale Next Generation. And what that is is kids, you know, students that are in middle school, high school, sometimes even younger, will come in and give will give presentations about interesting things they're doing with Linux and open source software. Uh, and I, 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 I'm, I'm always amazed at what these these folks are pulling off. Like I got my start in Linux, you know, I don't know, started using Linux when I was, you know, before I could drive, and I was definitely not at the level that some of these kids are when they when they come up and present. And so we've seen we've been doing that for I don't know, probably uh, probably about ten years now. Um, and it's interesting. I've seen, I've seen some of the kids that started off giving talks on that track, move into their career, go off to college, uh, do amazing things. And so it's great to follow their, their trajectory there, but you can get started at any age with Linux and open source. And so we, uh, we hope, you know, we, if, if you are coming out to the show, um, you know, uh, there are conferences that say you must be 18 or older to come in the door. That's okay. We're like, bring the 18 and younger as well. The, the, our sponsors love it. Uh, there's content just for them. Uh, the, 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 the scale, you know, most conferences have a party or a reception on one of their nights with the, you know, that ends up being a cocktail hour. We do a game night. So kids come out and play laser tag with their parents or board games or, you know, card games or whatever it might be. It's, it's a ton of fun. So, uh, we, we've, we've made sure to make scale family friendly, uh, one, because we wanted to give the next generation an opportunity to get started early with open source and Linux, but two, because a lot of the organizers have kids now, and if they're going to go away from their family for a weekend to run a conference, they want to bring their kids with them. So, uh, so it's it's a little self serving, but but yeah. The kid thing is interesting. I I remember you know the last time I was there on the expo floor, tons of kids running around, but but in the good way, <laughs> not in the yeah. bad way. Um, I, I had actually you know some really engaging conversations with very young people, and it's really impressive. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I would definitely encourage people with kids to take them to scale. Um, um, I, I, you know, we've had, we've had school districts like the LA Unified School District, Pasadena Unified School District have come to us and said, can we, um, you know, can we just, can we send a bus of kids to the show to come like, just learn about, about this stuff? And I'm like, sure, bring them on by the more the merrier. So, um, you know, we, we, if, if you've got a student group or a club or something and you want to bring them by to learn about Linux and open source software or, or, or uh, uh, you know, please, please reach out. Uh, we're, we're happy to help set that up. Yeah, it works out really well. I, d I don't think it would be suitable at, you know, a lot of other open source events. Some, yes. I mean, there are actually, I, I'm seeing more and more sort of kid-friendly and family-friendly tracks at various events. But that actually kind of brings me to, an, to a question that I had in my mind. A, a lot of open source events now are very corporate and business-oriented. That's kind of taken over the events world, whereas the, the community kind of grassroots events have, in some cases, kind of died off. Um, their attendance has dropped. But scale's going strong. 
I wonder, I, I do understand that scale is, is definitely respectful of, of, of the business interests. I just mm-hmm. wonder, what's your secret? Do you have a secret? Is there some like magic formula um, that, that has helped you? You know, I, <laughs> um, you know, I think there's, there's sort of a spectrum and you can be all the way on one side, which is entirely uh, focused on the free software, um, you know, uh, non-commercial aspects of it which that's, those are all great topics and things that we're interested in love. And then you could go all the way to the other end, which is just like, we're not here to talk about anything open source. We're here to talk about commercial commercialization of, of, of that software or of services on top of it. Um, and we've tried really hard to just live in the middle because those two communities depend on each other. Most open source developers have jobs somewhere and those jobs are funding their work. Um, uh, and so those companies, they understand that those companies need to, need to exist, need to, need to meet things. A lot of users want commercial support or, or services or something around open source software that they use. Um, and those companies recognize that they're building on top of the shoulders of giants with taking advantage of, of all these open source, you know, projects and communities. So it, it, it should be symbiotic. And if we can find, we can strike the right balance. It, it keeps both sort of both groups, um, excited and coming back, um, and I'm sure on any given year we lean one too much one way or the other, um, but we've we've tried really hard to keep that balance. And so, I don't know on the expo floor, right next to the, I don't know, right next to the Red Hat booth, you'll see, you know, you'll see a a, a Linux user group that has their their community booth or, uh, um, you know, or an open source project uh, run by you know just one or two maintainers. Uh, and you know, we try to we try not to separate them out too much. We try to keep that together, and it gives it, it gives it a fun energy that everybody seems to seems to enjoy. So, um, I I. Um, yeah. And so we've, we've done that. We followed that model at Texas Linux Fest and a few other places, and it seems to, it seems to work well. Uh, and hopefully those other events will come back now that the pandemic's subsided a bit. So. Yeah. That, um, well, there's so many topics we can go to here. One of them that's on, on my list here, there's, um, is the, I remember, I mean, at Linux journal and an irony of Linux journal was that it was run entirely by women, including, Catherine and the constituency on the readership side was almost hundred percent male. And um, <clears throat> I'm wondering if that's changed much. And if you see that at scale, do you see more women there? And for that matter, do you see more diversity in general? And is the field such as it is now being much more sort of industrial and big and successful doing better at attracting women and, um, and uh, others to, to the, to the field? You know, I, We've put in a lot of effort in making sure that we're a welcoming conference to, to everybody, uh, regardless of gender, you know, race, other backgrounds. Uh, I, I think even for us, that's it's still sometimes uh, a struggle to find, uh, you know, to ensure that um, things are as diverse as we would like them to be. Uh, turns out, I mean, I remember one year we organized a panel uh, with the CEOs of a bunch of of, of, of several open source companies. And it turns out I, I would love for there to be a woman CEO of one of those companies, but there wasn't one. So I, I didn't have another, I, I couldn't create a diverse panel in that regard when I wanted to. There's it's a, so sometimes it's still a challenge because there's, you know, it's just where we are as an industry, uh, but it's all of our responsibility to just make that easier and, and, and to be more approachable and to, and to, and to go out of our way to create those opportunities. Uh, and I think we've done that at scale. Uh, we we publish stats most years on on our experiences there. I don't. Uh, I think the, the the report from from this year will, will come out after the event. Um, but you know, we if if you see us doing something where we could be doing better, uh, you know, call us out on it. We're 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 happy to take constructive constructive feedback. 
Are, are you streaming the event again? I just wondered as an aside for people who yeah. are listening. Who No, one, um, I obviously occur, I recommend traveling and, and attending in person, but yeah. if you can. But uh, um, Yeah, we, we've built um, an interesting stack of open source software that we use for, for streaming and recording the event. Uh, and you should be able to find most of the sessions on YouTube. Uh, that that being said, I think the biggest part of scale that um, that people um, uh, that, that 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 that's is not what's on the schedule. It's what happens between the sessions. It's what happens mm-hmm. in the halls. It's happening in the in the, the discussion sessions, the groups, all of these other pieces. And I wish um, you know, I, I I encourage people to come out and and take advantage of that in person because I can't I can't live stream the hallway track. There's there's two thousand sessions happening at any given time in the in the hallway track. Uh, but in the, you know, I can, I can serve the talks that are in rooms. Uh, also just the conversations you'll have on the expo floor and in other places as you meet with every, you know, like every Linux distro that exists, uh, you know, that is having a, you know, uh, maybe that's a slight exaggeration, but it ha- has a booth at the expo floor. If you're using them, the developers there want to meet with you. you. You can't do that on a live stream, but, uh, but we do try to capture all the content because we think it's important and, and, you know, for the, yeah. the uh, to offer that, that, that education. And you might get to watch uh, Kyle's uh, soda can explode or something. Yeah, we always have some. Some we always have some <laughs> adventure. Yeah, uh, Kyle Rankin, who's a, 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 another excellent external person, as as, as Catherine Doc, he was giving a talk last year, and suddenly everybody heard an explosion in the room, and they thought a bomb went off or a gun got shot. No, it was just some some attendee forgot a coke can behind a projector, and it. It, it just got re- over the course of the day, just got really hot and exploded. So. Yeah, I happened to be watching on the live stream hot, at the time, actually, from my living room. And I was like, what happened to Kyle? Yeah, there's always some adventure in, in event planning. And that, that, that was one of the ones last year. So um. It was very dramatic, actually, <laughs> in the video because I didn't know what it was. And everybody in the room is freaking out. It was, it was, yeah. it was yeah. pretty wild. Anyway, it, 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 I think Doc has a question. Oh, no, just, it, 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 every event does have weird things that go on at, that you don't expect. Uh, I, I mean, I, I love the story about the, the was the Grammys next door. You, you said, yeah. That? yeah, that's great. Or, or that uh, you know they schedule the pandemic exactly to correspond with the time that you your, your thing yeah. is. It, I, I don't know exactly what day scale was that year, but I know we New York was kind of a hot spot for COVID, and my wife yeah. and I. We're like on the last flight out of Newark that, that, that be, before United started canceling them. I mean, just because yeah. nobody's, you know, everybody got on a plane and got somewhere else. And then there was nothing. And Newark Airport was like, there's nobody here except on the planes. You, you, yeah. you went through security in two minutes and then and then all the halls were crowded. That's all insane. the planes were crowded. It was crazy. Yeah. So, so we actually have a, a back channel uh, ask. Actually, Ant is asking it too. What is this? What is your stack for? for doing streaming because we care about that. And our stack is not always orthodox um, in, or in open source sense. Yeah. Um, it's um, so we have, um, you know, the cameras themselves are uh, honestly the repurposed security cameras. Uh, but it turns out you can get, you know, <laughs> it turns out you can get really high quality video out of them. Uh, we have um, actually, we should write an article about this somewhere uh, if I can convince Michael, the team to do it, but it's a, a lot of, you know, we use FFmpeg and a bunch of automation around that to do the, to do, to do the video, to, to do the slicing and dicing of videos. We use OBS uh, in some areas. Um, I, you know, I, I'll be honest there. I, I'm going to, if the team comes back and listens to how I describe this, they will tell me I got it wrong. So what I'd rather do is write a blog post about it and share, share it out. And so 
let me let me let me work on that. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, it's a um, it, and then it all ends up on YouTube, which in itself isn't necessarily open source, but that's, I think that's, a, I think that's okay. We, we, we do the best we can in terms of getting it up to that final output using open technologies. So, um, and that's actually one of the challenges, you know, we've had over the years as we're running the, as we're running an event is, you know, that some of the pragmatism of like, uh, you know, sometimes there's a choice. Do we use, do we, do, you know, do we, what, what do we use something that's, do we only use open source software in planning the event or are there places where we have to, where we should, you know, accept, you know, services or proprietary software where we need to. And, um, you know, we've, we've tried to be pragmatic about it. Um, there was years when we uh, outsourced our mobile app to, you know, to, to a third party that did it all and it wasn't open source. And then there was years, there's been years more recently where a bunch of college kids in Pasadena said, we want to, we want to build the mobile app for you. We'll do it as open source software. It's up on GitHub now. So we just have to, you know, we, we try to use where we use, we use open wherever we can and that's our preference, but sometimes there's, you know, sometimes we have to pick other things. Yeah. The, um, <clears throat> it's, it's always, it's always crazy how you have to, you know, it, it, it it's, it's, there's, well, I was thinking of Brian Bellendorf said that uh, we need minimum viable centralization <laughs> And so in a similar way, I think you need minimum viable um, openness. It's just like yeah. you know, you, you you've got you've got you've got your thumb on that scale all the time to make sure that you you maximize that. But it, as a practical consideration, you kind of reach a you sort of reach a point. Um, uh, so what are okay? So you see, how many how many simultaneous sessions do you have going on? Something. Um. Like about a dozen or so. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. And and there's the hallway thing. What's the hallway story? I mean, that's I, a different I, mean kind I mean, I mean, I mean, I was, I was, that's, that's just my, um, uh, well, it's what we call, we call the hallway track, just all the conversations that happen in the margins between the talks and in the, in the hallway. Right. It's not actually, it's not, it's not actually sessions that are on the schedule or anything. It's just when you get, you know, when you get three, 4,000 people in a room together, they, they, they start talking about things that are interesting to them. And that's always the, that's some of the funnest part, part of, for, uh, that's the funnest part of scale for me is those conversations. Uh, and I hear that from attendees all the time is that, that, that piece in the middle is, you know, how you found your next job, how you learned about some new technology. That's not, you know, it's not, has not, it's not made it to prime time yet. So maybe it's not on the schedule just yet, but you're learning about it, you know, in, in, in the, in the hallway. Uh, and that's, um, I, that that's I encourage people to participate in those conversations where, wherever they can. And the scale community is very friendly and very approachable. It's just like you don't need to know the person to tap on their shoulder and say, that sounds interesting. Can I join in? Um, and so that's 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 the best part of conferences in general, but at scale specifically. Well, we'll get to some questions in Catherine's queue and, and mine. But first, I have to let everybody know that this episode of Floss Weekly is brought to you by FastMail. Free email isn't free, and you pay with your privacy. For over 20 years, FastMail has been a leader in email privacy. At FastMail, your data stays yours with better productivity features for as little as $3 a month. FastMail prioritizes your privacy. Your personal data is kept safe and away from third parties with better spam filters and absolutely no ads. All FastMail data is stored in the U.S., and FastMail is fully GDPR compliant. Masked email protects your personal data by allowing you to create multiple addresses to use when you sign up for various websites. And privacy isn't all you get with FastMail. Customize your workflow with colors, custom swipes, night mode, and more. Organize your inbox with scheduled send, snooze, folders, labels, search bar, etc. Plus, 
Keep track of all the important details in your life easily with FastMail's powerful sidebar. Gives you the ability to send and receive emails from your own domain and manage multiple email addresses in one space, which helps keep you organized and protects your personal data. Works with password managers like Bitwarden and 1Password to make it easy for you to create unique passwords for every account and safely store them on your device. It's great on desktop and mobile, especially when you download the FastMail app to get the most out of your email. The FastMail app is the best place to try all their newest features and will always be the most up-to-date. FastMail has a U.S.-based support team full of email experts that are always within reach to put you first. The FastMail team believes in working for customers as people to be cared for, not products to be exploited. Advertisers are left out, putting you and your privacy at the center. Check out these reviews. I use FastMail because it's super fast and cares deeply about privacy and doing the right thing. FastMail rocks. It's secure, private, independent, and has a Gmail transfer tool. You won't regret this move. I test several services but settled on FastMail years ago and couldn't be happier. I use it for my entire family as well as a separate plan for my business. And don't worry about losing information. It's easy to download your old data and import it into your new FastMail inbox. No need to leave important info behind when you switch. FastMail is moving email forward with new internet standards and open source innovations that power many email services other than their own. Don't get left behind by substandard email providers. New year, new you, new email. Reclaim your privacy, boost productivity, and make email yours with FastMail. Try it free for 30 days at fastmail.com slash twit. That's fastmail.com slash twit. FastMail is also giving twit listeners a 15% discount on the first year when you sign up today. Okay, so Catherine, you got one there? Yeah, I do. So the scale attendees offer kind of a an interesting little sample group of open sorcerers, right? With a variety mm-hmm. of interests and, and, and experience levels and all of that. But that, that, I would think that offers you a unique insight into what's interesting. What are people interested? What, what, what's, what are people talking about? You know, which, which yeah. sessions are people attending? And I wondered if you could tell us like, what is, what is the, the most popular subject matter at, at scale these days? What do you expect? Yeah you know, next month to be the highly attended session. So it's interesting. We can, we can definitely watch the trends in the open source community over the years as, you know, as new technologies come in and take over. Um, so I remember, you know, I remember early in scale, there was like, we had one year, we had one talk about asterisk and VoIP using open source software come in. And the next year I could have run an entire four day conference with just the proposals on asterisk and open, you know, and, and open source VoIP mm-hmm. because that's what was hot that year. Um, these days, uh, the last two years, the, the, the containers and cloud native Kubernetes type tracks have been the most popular. Uh, I expect that'll still be the case this year. It's just what everybody's, it's what everybody's hot and bothered about in the open source world right now is, is how to run, how, how to run this infrastructure at, at, at scale, no, no pun intended. Uh, and so that's, that seems to be the, the very popular, some of the more popular stuff for me, I'm really interested in our, um, you know, we had a uh, we we've we've had this, this will be the third year we're running this open source and government track, 
And it's we keep getting in. We, we get people in from local government agencies talking about how they're using open source software. Um, last year, the L.A. County came in and talked about an open source uh, platform that they were developing for uh, for running elections in the L- in, in, in for the L.A. County area. And so that that's interesting to me. I don't know that it's going to be the, the the most packed room at the conference, but it's interesting to see how uh, you know open source is entering in, in 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 into new and different industries that we weren't you know we've normally we've not seen it in the past. Um, and so those those will become the I hope someday those become the big tracks of of, of the future, right? Containers didn't start as the most popular track; it just it, it grew into that. Um, um, the security also tends to be a very popular very popular track. Lots of lots of interesting topics there. So. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the security talks in particular, and um, you get phenomenal speakers, I must say. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, so, yeah. And then, like I said, the keynotes this year, um, you know, those are I, one of my favorite parts about working on scale over the last 20 years is I just get to meet people that built the platforms my career has depended yeah. on. Like, if, you know, if, if Unix hadn't existed, you know, Linux wouldn't have existed later, and I wouldn't have gotten to be, you know, where I am in my career today without all of that. So, um, you know, so Ken Thompson's work is foundational there. Last year we had Vint Cerf. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's yeah, like standing, <laughs> standing on stage next to the guy that literally invented the internet. Uh, it was a little, little humbling, but uh, it was, was, was a great honor. So, um, so it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I did want to put out there, we've been talking about, I keep hearing all these promo codes for your sponsors. So I'll, I'll want to throw one out there for the Twit listeners as well, which is um, if you use the promo code TWIT, T-W-I-T, you'll get 50% off your scale registration. Uh, and so, you know, we hope, uh, we hope to see you there. Which is already not very expensive. I should. Yeah. <laughs> it's already like what is it, seventy five dollars or something? Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it. We we've tried really hard over the years to keep the conference price very low, um, and uh, you know, if it's if you're if you're, uh, but we also want to make sure that it's a, you know approachable to everybody, and so that you know yeah, we, we we're, we're happy to ha- happy to offer discounts to to your listeners. So it's yeah, it's a. Uh, $85 at the moment for your ticket full price. And then it'll, it'll, you know, that'll drop it down to, I don't know, 4250 or something like that is the, I guess is the, if I'm doing the math right. So, yeah. Amazing deal. Actually yeah. considering, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I mean, when you think of what conferences cost, I mean, thousands yeah, of today. dollars in many cases. Yeah. Yep. And so those commercial conferences app for similar content for the same number of days would be probably $3,000, $4,000 a ticket. Yeah. And, uh, what we do is we just work with our sponsors to make sure that um, those costs are covered by them and not by the attendees. So, um, yeah, yeah. What we do with uh, with IW is a similar thing. It's not as cheap as yours, but it's 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 lower than most. And we just have the sponsors pay for food, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and the the projectors are brought to you by so and so. Something else yeah. is brought to you by so and so. Yeah, um, exactly. So it doesn't um, it, it doesn't look at least as much like uh, you know they're they're buying the show. You know, um, yep. for their own purposes, just like you get to thank them for a specific thing. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it, it, it's pretty cool. I think, I mean, often we tend to think, and maybe this is a good, it's a good segue that we tend to think. I mean, one of the biggest complaints about or suspicions about Linux, about open source in general, is that the big codes are taking over. You know, the uh, uh, we often talk here about the Linux Foundation, which is basically a, an industrial. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a corporate thing. It's for companies. It's not for you and me so much. It's for, it's for the companies. Um, but it makes them behave well. And I mean, it's a kind of a space where they are the United Nations. They're not bringing their arms yeah. into the, into the place. They're, they're, they're working on common problems. And I'm, I'm wondering if there's, you know, what do you see as the changing role of the big guys? 
Microsoft's in there now. I think they're the biggest yeah. supporter of the Linux Foundation. And but you know, I mean, in the early, early, early on, it was IBM. IBM is on top yeah. of this thing. But but the case with IBM, and, and I was there and talked to them about it, is that basically they got taken over by their own engineers. It was kind of a coup inside, you know, and say, wait a minute, everything's, you know, we have Samba running on all these old Windows machines, you know, and and, and faking being Windows. Um, yeah. And and so they just basically went in compliance with their engineers. I don't think that's so much the case now. It's like they all have their own clouds and stuff. So what's what yeah. do you see the, as the role of the bigs now? So, I mean, I, I think I it's hard for me to 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 be sympathetic to the grumbling of like oh it's all big companies now because that's that's what we wanted right like we won it's i mean maybe we didn't want big companies to run at all but we wanted we wanted to be able to run linux at work well it turns out most companies now you can probably run linux on your desktop at work uh we wanted to use open source software in our in our in our projects turns out if you, you know, I, I would be I would, like, I would, I would bet you 90 some odd percent of, 90%, so, of yep. software running in the cloud for backing SaaS companies or whatever is, you know, it's Ubuntu or RHEL or some other Linux distro running, you know, a da- an open source database, Cassandra or, you know, or, or, or MongoDB or MySQL or Postgres right. or something like we, we've won that war that open is now the default. Uh, and so I don't, it's hard for me to be unhappy about commercial interests being involved. I think the, the important part is what you mentioned, which is we have to keep keep each other keep each other and the companies that we're working with and the companies that are supporting our projects honest. That it's not you know it's not uh, the open source piece isn't for show. It's there for it's 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 usable and it's there to get work done. Um, I I, um, I I do wonder you know as things um, as things become more and more services you know we want to make sure that there's also opportunities for people to continue to build on this software that's, that's, that, that, that powers that. Um, and that's, I think that's the challenge for the next, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the, what the right answer for that is. Uh, I think that's the challenge that we're all working on. Um, the other one, you know, open source initiatives has been spending a ton of time thinking about how, uh, how open source and, you know, and free software play in the world of AI right now. Uh, like is the, oh, yeah. you know, is the model, what is the model what's interesting if you don't have the data set that trained the model, uh, you know, or the software behind it, these are all questions that we have to struggle with as, I think as the as the the nature of software changes, um, but I'm I'm you know I, I it's hard for me to get angry at big companies for wanting to support uh, all the software that we were begging them to support throughout the nineties and early two thousands, and they were saying you know at the time they were like no that's a toy now they're like it's not a toy anymore we run our businesses yeah. on it so um, you know it's just uh, uh, yeah I, I think this is a good thing and then. Um, I, I love your answer. I think there is a misperception that open source is for hobbyists. It's it's a you know it's this it's this thing we do in our spare time, which is very much not true anymore. Uh, I mean, and there are people that still work on you we know still on, do, on but hobbyists. it's not and that's, the and, and that's great. But I mean, I don't know, like back in the I don't know back in the early PC days, right? Was it the homebrew computing clubs that people would get together and show off these things that these things that they built at home as hobbyists, and then what do you? You know, are we now unhappy that there's a you know a Dell or a Mac or an Intel-based laptop? You know, lap, laptop sitting on my sitting on your desktop at home, and you don't have to run the you know build build all those things from scratch yourselves. No, we're thrilled by it. Um, yeah. We still have the option to build these things ourselves, but we choose to we choose to buy you know buy products that make it easier. And I think the same is true in the software world. And we we just have to figure out how to continue to maintain that that balance. So. Yeah, the, the history of of uh, of the internet and many other things trace back to 
the Model Railroad Club yep. <laughs> at MIT in a building nobody, everybody was ignoring. Yep. Uh, it, what you said about, about big companies too reminds me, I think it's an outstanding point, by the way, that, hey, wait a minute, we wanted this. Uh, I used to have this business partner uh, who was very argumentative and very hard to argue with. He was like an attorney, though that wasn't his his, his profession. But he did this strange thing, which is when you won the argument, suddenly he was on your side. It's like, yeah. wait a minute, you're supposed to be over there. I, I, I didn't get the satisfaction of having won this argument. <laughs> it's sort of like, no, no, now he's arguing your points. And it's sort of what happened with these big guys. Look at Microsoft. And we're waiting for Microsoft to get killed. Instead, no, wait a minute, we... All of Bing is running on Linux. You yeah. know, we're using and, it all over the place. And, and this is a place where we had, I mean, we had John Gossman out as a keynote speaker uh, several years back before he had retired from Microsoft. And he came out and, you know, that was the question everybody got. Like he, he was getting from the audience was like, why, why open source? Why, why do you care about Linux now? Uh, and his, his answer at the time, you know, I thought made sense, which was, you know, Microsoft didn't see themselves as a software product company. They saw themselves as a developer tools company. And if developers wanted to build their stuff on Linux and open source software, that's where they needed to be. Uh, and, you know, that, that, that was his take on the transition. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's pockets of Microsoft that are, you know, still not huge Linux fans or open source fans. But by and large, everybody I run into there, you know, Linux powers Azure. Linux runs, you know, runs on top of Azure. Like they're, uh, you know, they're, they're putting out distros. They're putting out open source projects. They run GitHub for, you know, for, uh, at the end of the day. Like it's, uh, they've become... You know, they've, they've chosen to become part of the community rather than fight it. And I think that's. Um... Yeah, I, I was thinking of, of and we, we also had some major open source figures going to work there, like uh, Miguel yep. Diacaza, who basically single handedly say, I like Mono, I like C Sharp, whatever else he liked. And, you know, just started making all these connections between open source projects yep. and Microsoft ends up with a job there. Um He's, he was on the show recently. I advise people yeah. to go back and listen to that too. It was uh, really good. Nat Friedman went in and ran GitHub. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of that. I, I think it's important to remember companies aren't, you know, you say Microsoft bad or, you know, I don't know, whatever other company, whoever the company du jour, like of the day is to make fun of or to complain about, you say they're bad, but it's, you know, the reality is most of these organizations don't have one persona or one front to the world. They're thousands of people. And so every, different pockets have different agendas and different things that they're trying to, you know, trying to accomplish. And sometimes they'll make a misstep, you know, they'll make a misstep with their left, with their left foot, but with their right foot, they're moving in the right direction towards, you know, to supporting our communities or supporting our projects. And so, um, you know, as people come and go, positions change and that that's companies are people. Uh, and that's <laughs> uh, right. Like they're, they're, they're made of people. And that, 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 that's, that's an important part to, to remember. You, you can't say, you know, big co evil, and then look at their and, and then go hang out and drink beer with their open source team, right? Like, there turns out they're not all you know. Not, not everybody has the same position at an organization, and that's that's also true of the companies that are that we consider our, our closest allies in the open source world. There's teams there that sometimes they make missteps, and um, we just have to remember that these are all these are all long term conversations and engagements, and we have to work with them to reach the goals that we want. Not 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 immediately jump down their throats when they they make the announcement you don't like. So, so we're close to the end of the show here, and yeah. uh, this is a point where we often ask what we've, what have we not asked that we should have asked? But if you don't have an answer to that one, I do have a question. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's one I, or the I, other. Okay, happy, happy to take your question. Uh, and, and okay, it's 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 a simple one. Actually, it's one sort of a back channel one. What issues do you think are never going away? I mean, is licensing, 
personal independence. Um, I'm just, I'm just wondering because one of the things of running a conference is you think, well, th- there's some that go away, you know, like yeah. there was this, what's a CD world, you know, or a DVD yeah. world, right? Well, it's gone. Right. But there yeah. are permit, there are some perma issues. I'm wondering if there are any that you see never going away. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I think privacy and independence are two topics that will yeah. always be, uh, you know, they'll always be um, near and dear to the open source community's heart, even as, you know, and, and, and a lot of the commercial engagement that we have these days maybe makes that even more, even makes that some of that even more challenging and more relevant right now. Um, I, I think at the heart of a lot of what we've done with open source over the last, I don't know, what is it? 20, 30, I mean, scale has been around for 20. So maybe it's 30, 40 years. I don't know. It's, I, 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 I don't, I don't like doing that math when I, when I realize how long it's been since I was at UCSF. Um, Let's not talk about but, it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of that, a lot of that stems from, I wanted to do X and I couldn't do it. And now I have, so I built an open source project to do it. Right. Like uh, why did Linus build, build Linux, right? He didn't have access to the Unix systems he wanted at the, you know, at the university. Uh, why did, you know, why did, um, you know, why did Stallman get start get excited about free software at the time? Well, he wanted a print drive. He wanted to make a change up print driver or something, I think is the story. <laughs> so like a lot of this comes down to I wanted to accomplish a thing and I wanted to do it independently. And now I can. Uh, and then it just turns out that people get excited about how you solve that problem and want to solve it with you. Um, and, you know, privacy, I think, just is an increasing, importantly, increasingly important topic just because um, how we each define it seems to be a little bit different. How every country seems to enforce it seems to be a little bit different. And so I, I think that's. It might not be an evergreen issue, but I think that's an issue for the next decade at least. So we're gonna we're gonna keep we keep seeing that. Um, yeah, those are those yeah, are two topics that I think we'll never are, get away from. <laughs> those are awesome. So Great, yeah. to to close the show, we always ask these two two questions. What are what are your favorite text editor and scripting language? <laughs> uh, I tend to do most of my uh, my my m- most of my most of my stuff in 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 uh, in VI and uh, in Python. Are the two that I spend most yeah. of my time with. Uh, um, a little, little bit, a little bit of bash and shell, but overall that. Uh, but as we're closing, I just want to remind folks: scale uh, March 9th to the 12th at the Pasadena Convention Center. Uh, we'd love to have you come out and learn about open source and, and Linux and free software with us. Um, we've got lots of events around this Kubernetes Community Day, Ceph Days, Postgres events, MySQL events, whatever topic you're interested in. I promise you, there's a track for you. Uh, and then don't forget that promo code TWIT TWIT for 50 percent off. <laughs> Sorry, I got to do my I got to do my wow. pitch doc. No, I can't just, that's, I can't. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. We want the pitches. Yeah, the yeah, pitches yeah. are great. And, awesome. and come say hi to me too, please. Yeah, this is so great. So, so Ilan, this has been an awesome show. It's been great. We'll have to have you back and talk about yeah, all this stuff uh, again. This has been one of the best shows ever. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Okay. Thanks for having me, and I look forward to actually meeting you in person someday. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I think I'll actually get to scale one of these years. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks again, man. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you. This is great. I'm excited. So, so Catherine, that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so good. I was. I've been looking forward to today for a while, actually. I know. I know. It's. It's. Uh. And and I've wanted to do this show for a while, and um. And I really do regret never never getting there. You gotta keep, go. You know, <laughs> I, I haven't been very very many times either. So that's you know it's it's a thing that happens. But you should go for sure. Yeah, there's this one, the Toronto one, and that, um, and it's almost always been geography. It's interesting because I, I mean, it's just in Southern California, and, and which I love. I mean, I I, I love living there. Uh, I mean, I love that 
there is snow on the mountains there right now. I mean, it, there are Alps <laughs> overlooking yeah. Los Angeles. We don't get that in, in, in Indiana. Um, but anyway, yeah, so this is, this is great. Um, yeah, it was great. So, so, so what are, <clears throat> so what are your plugs? Um, Where we go? yeah, I, uh, let's see any day now I should have a very interesting thing to announce on open.intel.com. And then there's that other podcast we do where we have fun talking about things like <laughs> Elon just mentioned privacy. Uh, and other issues. So yeah, I don't know. Find me around the internet and uh, <laughs> say hi. That's all I have to plug. That's great. And I do uh, regret it, not being able to reminisce about uh, the first scale I went to that was scale 8x. There was a women in open source track that was separate. Kind of glad it's no longer <laughs> separate, but it's it's such an interesting <laughs> evolution, I think, of the whole show to see it from then to now. And anyway, it's 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 always been kind of my favorite event. I'm glad we got to talk about it today. And this is this is the point Second where I, <laughs> I, I I hurry up and look ahead at next week <laughs> to, to plug next week, and um, and we have uh, Lubos Kokman and uh, Douglas DeMaio, and I don't have further notes on that, and I should. They're always good. Anyway, that is next week, and and we'll see you then. Take it easy, everybody. See you next week. Do you want to hear about the latest news happening in the tech world from the people who write the article, sometimes from the people who are actually making the news? Well, we got a show for you here at twit.tv. It's called Tech News Weekly. Me, Jason Howell, and my co-host, Micah Sargent, we talk with some amazing people each and every Thursday on Tech News Weekly. And we share a little bit of our own insights in each of us bringing a story of the week. That's at twit.tv slash TNW. Subscribe right now.